fellow community. Happy summer. It's here. Hopefully you're enjoying that summer with a vacation with your family, or maybe you're enjoying that with VBS. <laughs> Either way, I hope you're having a great time. And uh, yeah, for those of you who are at Infocom, we just had an after party uh, with the Philo people and Amplio Systems and Living as One. Yeah, it was great to see so many familiar faces and to meet new people. You know what? What we do is tough and hard and being around people that understand what we do and relate to the challenges we have. Yeah, community is so important. And so, yeah, if you ever get a chance, go to uh, conventions and conferences and that sort of thing and hang out with technical artists from other places. It's so great. Anyway, we had a great time. Great to see you there. For those of you who are at Philo, it was just a few weeks ago. We've been digging through all the feedback and having debrief meetings like crazy. Uh, not only celebrating what God did at Philo, but figuring out how we can learn from it and how we can do better next time. Uh, you think I'd be used to it by now, but it's so amazing to me how many details go into pulling off an event. I mean, my mind is like just blown. Anyway, if you're a first time listener to our podcast and have no idea what I'm talking about, Philo, we do a conference, we do coaching, we do a podcast, we do blogs, we have resources. Anyway, Philo, our goal is to help the technical artists in the local church to become more effective so that our churches can become more effective, basically an extension of the Philo Conference all year round. And speaking of Philo Conference year round, we've already started working on Philo 2020 and uh, also a few special things between now and then. We got a big announcement later this week, so stay close to your social media because you'll see that announcement this week. Anyway, a couple quick follow-ups to this year's Philo Conference. We're working uh, hard to get all the resources ready and available for you to download. We'll have video and audio of the main sessions, as well as audio for most of the breakout classes. So also stay tuned for that announcement. That should be coming up shortly. Okay, today's episode, I had the super awesome privilege to sit down with Blaine Hogan. He's a freelance filmmaker and creative director. We worked together for maybe, uh, it was around 10 years. We were both at Willow Creek at the same time. And we really were able to develop a collaborative working relationship that I miss a lot. And it was so fun to sit down and just talk about some of the things that really worked when we were uh, doing things together. So yeah, we did a ton of large events together and Blaine was the idea guy and I was the execution person. And yeah, we were just about trying to make something amazing together. So we had a great time catching up, talking about all this stuff. And if you're a technical artist, I would highly recommend you invite your idea person to listen to this podcast. And if you're an idea person, yeah, pull your tech person in on this one. It's pretty awesome. Talk about collaboration and a bunch of other stuff. Anyway, enough about me blabbing. Let's get to it. I'm here with my good friend, Blaine Hogan. Blaine, Hi. how's it going? I'm good. Yeah. Uh, we've worked together for, I'm, I'm not, I don't even know if I know the I mean, number a decade, of years. Probably. A decade, probably. Yeah, yeah, that probably makes sense. So maybe why don't you tell us just kind of what you're doing now mm-hmm. and then kind of the story leading up to this point, like how you got here. Yeah, so right now, um, I would say my role is uh, as a freelance director or creative director. Mm -hmm. Um, And so it's a mix of probably about 75% film right now, video, commercial, documentary, branded content, Mm -hmm. that kind of stuff, music videos, and then um, maybe 25% um, live Okay. Direction. Right. So I'm still living in that world um, that's not dissimilar to what I was doing at Willow, which was, you know, a mix of live direction and um, 
uh, creative direction and then also video direction as right. well. Which is interesting, the, the video direction was for the live event. Mm-hmm. And so are, is uh, some of the video uh, stuff you're doing just strictly... Yeah, there's a lot that is just, you know, I have not uh, directed any broadcast commercials, so it's mostly, you know, social media or their, you know, web commercials, web-based content. Sure. But yeah, the most of the video content that I'm directing right now is not for the live experience, which is different than what I'd been doing for the last 10 years. Sure, right, right. Yep. And so uh, maybe walking my way to where I got. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I started my creative career as an actor. I was I grew up in Minnesota and since I was a kid I always loved the theater. And so um since I was nine years old I was doing theater productions and eventually as I uh, grew up I was doing more professional work. So as a teenager even doing commercials and stuff. Okay. And then went to theater school in Indianapolis. Okay. And um that was actually how I met my wife. Okay. And my wife grew up going to Willow. Okay. And so she introduced me to Willow while we were still going to sure, college. Right. Okay. And I had never experienced anything like a mega church. Um, I grew up Catholic. Sure. And uh, Willow in particular had a really, what's the right word? Just an affinity t- toward the arts. Right. And uh, especially in those years. Yeah. Yeah. So we're talking like Late 99s, 90s, yeah, 2000s, yeah. early 2000s. And, you know, there was still drama, you know, pretty Every prevalent. Week, yeah. And and so as someone who just finished theater school or was in theater school, I was really captured by that. Right. Just the combination of what could happen in a place that was faith-based but really cared about excellent art. Right, right. Whereas previously I had looked at Christian art as being really awful and terrible. Yeah, yeah. Um, which a lot of it was and unfortunately continues to it be. It turns out that there's a lot of art that's substandard. Yeah, not just not, Christian. No, yeah. no, there's a lot of really <laughs> the bad Christian stuff, stuff out there. tends to be on display more. Yeah, <laughs> totally. And, uh, and so, yeah, so I, I mean, long story short, uh, I was working as an actor. I was bouncing around the country, uh, doing a lot of regional theater, ended up here in Chicago, was on the drama team volunteering. Mm-hmm. And this is probably 2005, 2004. And um, ended up kind of having a personal crisis really is the best way to describe it. And just felt like I'd been pushing so hard to get, you know, my actor's equity card and get my SAG card sure, and right. trying to be a successful actor. And there was a lot of internal work that I had been failing to do and mm-hmm. was manifesting itself in some addictive behaviors. And I really came to the point like I need to take a break and I need to kind of reset and so a very strange turn of events went out to Seattle right, right. Um, to the Seattle School for Theology and okay. Psychology and to get a master's degree in theology and culture, which <laughs> sure, is the okay. obvious yeah, next step after <laughs> yeah. you've you know Theater. been on prison break for a year. Like that's what you do, <laughs> yeah. you know? Um, that's the next step to becoming right, the, a professional actor yeah, right. is going to <laughs> seminary. Yeah. Step um, one, prison break. Prison break. Step two, Seminary. Seminary. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so I, I went non-vocationally. I had no intention of working in a church. I just knew I needed to do some uh, personal work. Mm-hmm. And so I finished up in 2008 and intended to come back uh, to, at that point I was engaged to Margaret and we were about to get married. And she actually was on staff at Willow oh, at right. that time. Yeah, she right. was working in the student ministries right. as a mm-hmm. creative director. And our intention was to live in the city 
she was going to commute out to Willow and I was going to go back to living a life as an actor. Right. And within about uh, six months of us being married, uh, Margaret quit her job um, <laughs> as a creative director. <laughs> I was hired to be a video producer. Okay. And we were not living in the city. We were living in the suburbs. The opposite of the, the city. As far, <laughs> we were, and we were living in Elgin which is the farthest that the Metro train line even goes out from Ogilvy, from the city center. And so literally everything that we had thought was the opposite. Sure. And so uh, I started my work as a, like I said, a video producer because while I was in seminary, I needed a way to pay some of the bills. Sure. And so I'd always been fascinated in directing and had experience doing that with theater. Right. Um, And then obviously... Um, on camera as an actor right. and started doing branded videos for the school okay. and um, other short films that I was being contracted to to write and produce and direct. Okay. So when I was finishing school, I had having conversations with Willow and Willow was like, hey, was this something you would ever want to do at a church? And I said, no, I don't want to do that. <laughs> yeah. I want to go back to being an actor. Uh-huh. And then obviously life yeah, flipped upside down differently. Yeah. Yep. And so, long, long story short, I spent ten years at Willow, yeah, wow. eventually becoming a creative director. Which, for all intents and purposes, there'd not been that role. Uh-huh. There'd been creative producers and executive producers and um, programming directors and essence creators. Essence creators. Yeah. In fact, I went um, from being a video producer to an experienced engineer. Oh, there you go. I had that on a right. good business card for a while. <laughs> Those were in the days of the make your own title. Sure, yeah. yeah. And so, yeah, so I spent 10 years <laughs> doing that. And then about a year and a half ago, I went freelance. And okay. So that's wow, what I've been doing. Wow, a year that. and a half. I know. Wow. Yep. Time just is flying on it, by. Yep, it sure has. Wow. So, yeah, so that's kind of how I got to here. Sure. And um, still, you know, working to combine these loves of live experiences and uh, video content sure, and just the kind of melding of all of those. Right. And so we, when we were working together at Willow, you were sort of the one dreaming up the ideas and I was leading the team, at least in the live experience, was there to kind of make them actually happen. Mm-hmm. And so I thought it would be good for us just to kind of talk about the, what feels like tension that exists between you know, ideas and execution of ideas yep. that just from a tech person's standpoint, when I look at someone who's being creative, it just feels like, you know, there are no limits. The ideas are just hard to wrap my brain around because they're out. Usually if they're any good, they're outside of what I know mm-hmm. that's in front of me. Mm-hmm. And I guess just maybe from your perspective, how do you go about coming up with ideas? Are you always have to have the lid off and no no boundaries sure. around it? Or yeah, I, I this is a question that I have struggled with and continue to struggle, maybe more wrestle with. This is not a problem that needs to be solved, but a tension that needs to be managed. Right. Yeah. And I look at creative work as um, a real mix of freedom and constraints. Mm -hmm. And so there are times where, yeah, you do need to take the lid off. And some of that's to just think outside the box. Some of that's to challenge yourself, to like Mm -hmm. think up something that maybe you've not thought of before. Right, right. But at the end of the day, you know, nothing gets done without spreadsheets and (laughs) budgets and constraints and timelines and deadlines. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And so, um, so I have 
you know, the the artists and creatives that I really, really respect that are, in my opinion, prolific or mm-hmm. like create, continue to create, especially those who are creative professionals that need to create on demand. Right, right. Um, that I find that they live in a healthy mix of freedom and constraints. And so it's in, then the goal then in the work is to embrace both. Sure. And to to realize like the beauty and power of what it means to just blue sky it. Right. And the beauty and power of what it means to go like, here's the date the thing has to happen. Sure, yeah. And so back it up and what is realistic. What's possible, What's yeah. possible. Yeah. And also even within the what's possible, being like, all right, how can we push ourselves in a way that is... Um, that is creative. And right, so right. I think that I think that also I think one thing that I would note and something that I, I feel like is a, a disappointing way in which we talk about creativity, especially in the church, is that you have the creatives sure. and you have the production or tech people. Yep. That to me, one is a misdefinition of right. the the word creativity uh-huh. and creative. Uh, creativity, I think, is way more an adjective than it is a noun. Right, it's right. not a thing. It's 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 a way of thinking. Sure. And so, to say that a production or a tech person is not creative, right, is absolutely untrue. Right. Because the amount of creativity that it takes to figure out how to take what is my quote unquote creative idea, right, is often way more creativity than it <laughs> than took for me to come itself. up with it. Yeah, right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like I just like pooped out this weird idea <laughs> and now we're going to have to, in collaboration, yeah. figure out how to do it together. Sure. And that's also another thing is I'm I'm a big fan of collaboration right. and that I had the opportunity to spend some time with the executive producer of Chicago Fire. Oh, yeah. And he's a director also. And he, he was just giving me the advice of saying, like, I will do all of my work, I'll do all my prep work, but when I get on set, uh, I hope I don't have the best idea in the room. Right. So that's a really humble position to for a director to put themselves in. Right. And I feel like there's this desire, like, you have to have the right idea. Right. And that has continued to push me into a, a place of, you know, wanting to create environments where everyone feels free to speak their mind and speak their ideas yeah, so that we can get to the best idea because it might not be mine. Right, right. Now, uh, for me, uh, being on the tech side of things, I guess maybe I have two thoughts about what you just said. One is I love, it's probably not the number one definition of artist. Like if you go to Webster's Dictionary, it's not the number one way of defining artist, but maybe second or third, it's, speaks more to someone who's really skilled at something. Mm. And so for me, that that really helped me as a tech person put my artistry into mm-hmm. context, you know, yeah. that there are things that make me an artist. Totally. And it's not painting. Or right, it's, it's not, not maybe fine art. <clears throat> right, it's, yeah. but to figure something out or to mix some audio or to get the just the right camera shot. I mean, th- those are acts of an artist 100%. as well. Yeah, and or making the perfect cable. Totally. Or, yes. you know, troubleshooting the wiring of a skill, something. A skill, a trade right. is all art. Yeah. Yes. Um, and so for me, that was just such a helpful uh, mindset to put myself in. Like, mm-hmm. hey, we're all artists here. Yep. We're all sort of coming at this thing from different angles, but yeah, we all have an art form that yep. that we're here to bring. I guess the other thing is when I was younger, I would sit in brainstorming meetings like where there is no lid for ideas and... 
it would drive me just absolutely crazy. And so I- Like, how would you feel? Like, describe I, the feeling. I would get super tense mm -hmm. and- because uh, I'm tr I'm problem solving every how idea. How do we do this? Yeah. How does this get done? How does yeah. how do we do that? And so what Were generally was happening? Like no, it's getting angry. Yeah. So part of it for me, oh, there's so many emotions around this. The the thing Are for you me triggered right now, Todd. Yes, Are you I like angry? I, I'm all tense now. <laughs> um, the thing that I I think my immediate reaction, and this is probably just me. I don't I don't know that I would put this on every tech person, but I felt like. Everybody knows how much work this is going to take. Mm. And yet they're putting the idea out there anyway. Mm. And they also know I'm the one who's going to have to do all the work. And so- How dare them? Uh, yeah. Are they nuts? Sure. Are they absolutely crazy? And so my knee-jerk reaction was always like, well, we can't do it for this reason and that reason. And, you know, just like yeah. shoot down every idea. Yeah. Um, until the point where I just got kicked at you, like- Bye-bye. Yeah, go do something else. And yeah. which was, even for me at that time, like I have so much work to do. Totally. I don't have time to yeah, sit with, and ruminate with, on ideas. Totally. Anyway. But I think for me, just the, I guess, realizing that I'm an artist in my own way, that was one super helpful thing. The other one was, we're all designed differently. If we're going to, if this, if we're going to make services that are meaningful and moving people, it's going to take all kinds and so it's okay that they have crazy ideas. They have no idea what it takes to do it. And I don't really have any idea what it takes for them to cr come up with these ideas. Sure. So yeah. we're all, we all have a piece of this and they're, it's all difficult, and, but it's okay that they don't know my part of it. That's yeah. why I'm here. Yeah. Yep. And it's okay that, uh, yep. and so, uh, yeah, that was super free. Well, and I guess the other thing too is that usually, the first idea is never going to happen and the sure. second idea is not going to happen sure. and the third and fourth and eventually down the road, the combination of all that will turn into an idea. And yep. so just to relax totally during the first few ideas yeah. just makes it so much better for everyone. Yep. <laughs> Hold it in. Totally. <laughs> I think that, I mean, I think that's really good ad advice. I think that I had a unique opportunity in theater school where I had to design lights and I had to like strike the set sure, and build right, the yeah. set. And, you know, so I think that I had a unique perspective mm -hmm. on what it took to, you know, it was like, try everything and see what you like. And then, right, you know, right. people kind of like decided, oh, I'm more of an actor or a director or a writer sure. or a makeup person. Sure. And so I think that's given me a unique perspective to be able to understand and empathize what yeah. it takes to actually execute on right. an idea. And I think that you know, it, uh, there is just a mutual respect that that I think that we both have come to develop and probably didn't even develop. I think we just had initially right. um, from the very beginning of like, I can't, I don't know how to, how are you going to turn this thing into a thing? Sure, yeah. Um, <laughs> and you you feeling similarly, like how did you just come up with that? Right, right. Um, and so wherever you can, you know, if if there isn't a mutual respect and also some mutual empathy, right, right, um, because you know, on the creative side, just to maybe shed some light, there are often times where I'm pitching, and I hope that you say we can't do it, <laughs> like because because <laughs> you know there, you know, you you think a lot of a lot of creative ideas is. Yeah, are kind of putting yourself on display. Totally, yeah. And, or they're coming from a really personal place or they're coming from something that really means a lot to you. 
And um, this is not to even talk about like the sensitivity of an artist right, or right. a creative person, but more just like as a human being, um, the vulnerability that it often right. takes to like go, okay, um, <clears throat> you know, yeah, just yesterday I, I had a, a Skype call with a production company in Los Angeles for a project that we're working on. And I was, I'm 39 years old uh-huh. and I'm, terrified to present this idea. <laughs> right, yeah. Um, because I don't know what they're going to think. I don't know what they're going to say. Like, I can't read them. Are they into this? Are they not? And so I think that, you know, to, to just shine some light on the presentation of ideas right. is often a really terrifying concept. Yeah. And then also, if they say yes, then you're on the hook for figuring out right. how to do it. Yeah, yeah. Not, not just like the technical side, but you know, eventually you're going to say, yes, we can build that stage, but I still have to figure out like how to find the right choreographer and the right dancers right, or the right. right script writer or me, I'm doing all that on my own. Sure, right. And like, oh God, I, I got to actually make it. <laughs> and sometimes I do. I'm like, there have been moments where an idea gets shot down and I'm, I, I leave the meeting relieved. Yeah, like thank high fiving and yeah, yeah, like God, thank God we didn't have now I have to figure out how to do that. <laughs> yeah. Um and so I think there's a misnomer that is like the creative person who's coming up with those great ideas, one is always disappointed and heartbroken when their ideas don't get picked or we figure out we can't do it. Right, right. Or that they are feeling like upset or angry yeah. all the time. Yeah, I yeah. think that there is like uh, some some relief when it doesn't happen. And even when we do figure out the yes, mm-hmm. that that's not necessarily just a high five and a win on the creative side. That right. means something. Yeah. Because now we have to do it. Yeah, yeah. And that's sometimes just as scary as what it means to present and, and pitch. Right, right. So, man. There's so much in what you said. The creative process to me as a tech person was very much like, well, I mean, you just come up with the idea and I will do it. Like that simple. And, you know, if it's not a good idea, just we'll come up with another one yeah. and we'll do that instead. Totally. Yeah, it's so simple. When my daughter, who's now 20, oh my gosh, I have a 20-year-old daughter. <laughs> when she was six, she wanted to start watercolor painting. So we got the, you know, the kind of the Crayola, um, you know, yeah, the, the thing set. you get, yeah, the yeah, set. Yeah, yeah. And no, so we, yeah. that was kind of our time. We would sit down and, you know, just get out some copy paper and and start painting. And I was really into it. I was like, this is kind of fun. So like got better paper, better brushes, just over time, better paints, whatever. And yeah, I just, I really fell in love with watercolor painting. Hmm. And the thing that uh, really it did for me was it opened my eyes to the creative process a little more. Which was I in my head? I have a I see the picture. On the paper, I'm not seeing that picture, uh, especially with watercolor. It kind of does whatever it wants. I mean, you got to do a lot of planning, whatever. But at the end of the day, the water is going to go where it wants to, and yeah. it's going to turn out like it is. And yep. so, you know, on so many levels, you're like, it's just not about coming up with a new idea. Mm-hmm. It's still, you know, it doesn't automatically turn out how you planned and you have to kind of adjust in the moment. Oh, okay. Yep. I gotta, we gotta turn, you know, do something different here to make it actually work. Yeah. Um, Ira Glass talks a lot about that. He's the host of uh, This This American American Life. Life, And he talks about it it, uh, with, he names it the gap. Okay. And it's like, there is, there's this gap Uh to what 
the incredible picture that is in your head yeah. that you know exists yeah. and your level of skill yeah. and getting there right. is so challenging. Like I, you know, I'm, I'm on the hook today for a treatment that I need to deliver and I've written out all of the concepts, but now I have to try and source all the images that show what it is that I'm talking about. Sure, yeah. <laughs> and I'm not even sure what I'm talking about even exists. Right. And so, you know, I have to now figure out how to explain my idea in a way that's clear and concise. Right, right, right. And like, I feel anxiety right now as I'm thinking about <laughs> having to do this. Like, because, yeah, because there is this gap of yeah. what you imagine. So, yeah, you're, you're, you're talking about like being able to empathize with yeah, right, yeah. the creative process. I think too, just... Uh, the idea of, you know, as an artist and pitching your ideas, you're kind of putting yourself out there, which is not something that tech people tend to do. Like I'm not pitching ideas in front of a large group of people. But what I realized for myself is that the minute we agree to we're doing this, now I'm on the hook to actually execute it. Totally. And so I think for so many tech people, the knee-jerk reaction of no, or we can't do that, or is because I want to be, I'm going to generalize, I'm used to being in control of my environment. Yeah. The mics are working, the the lights are on, the, you know, the, the, that I, I know I can execute. Yep. And so the minute we are talking about an idea that we don't really know how we're going to do it, now I'm on the hook yep. for the part of my artistry that's going to be put on display. Yeah, absolutely. And what, if, what if it doesn't work? Yeah. What if it fails? Or what if I... Yeah. And I think for most tech people, we're just not... Uh, well, I should speak for myself. I was just not in touch with that, that that's what was going on. Sure. That what I do, my art form is very personal to me. Totally. Whereas someone on stage, maybe you are in touch with that a little earlier in the process sure. that you know, if I don't deliver all of it on right. stage, then... It's right. not going to work. Yep. Like Where if I, I'm not memorized, that's a problem. Yeah, yeah. Or whatever it is. Yeah. Or even to just say, I'm a little uncomfortable here, but I'm just going to put it all out there. Sure, I see. Uh, in order for it to actually, you know. Be a thing. For that thing to work. Whereas, yeah, as a tech person, I'm kind of at the booth and mm -hmm. I mean, putting it all out there, What I don't even know what that is exactly, um, but that's what you're doing. Absolutely. And if people say, I didn't really like the mix this weekend, that's like a personal. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. No, it, it 100% goes way, goes both ways. Yeah. And I think it's why, you know, I, I think that so much of my work now, when I have these conversations is way less about the practical of the, I, well, I wouldn't say that because I think what I'm about to say is quite, is very practical, but it's a little bit more about the inner work and about the the interpersonal and the the intrapersonal, right. that this is you're engaging and agreeing on a relationship. Yeah, you know that we are going to work together. Yeah, that we are going to collaborate, and um, that I'm going to uh, bring all of myself and be in a vulnerable spot of presenting and pitching and trying to make a thing, and you're also are going to be in the vulnerable spot of accepting and helping to bring that vision to life, right. but also then putting yourself out there. And so if you're not taking the time, whether you're a creative, quote unquote, or a technical artist, mm -hmm. um, to understand 
you know, what is going on inside. Yeah. Uh, that's a problem. Yeah. And then also if we're not taking the time to go, uh, to go to move towards each other right, right. in a relational way. Right. You know, that's why those lunches are so important or those right. sit downs of like, you know, conversations I've had with you or other technical artists of like, I feel like we're maybe missing each other here. Right. And what else is going on? Yeah. What's going, I mean, just like my wife and I, yeah, you know, I can right. tell like we're missing each other, but we're not, we're talking about how we're going to get the kids to school that day. Right, right. But it feels like we're talking about something, something. else. <laughs> and so like we're, you and I are talking about like um, how that rehearsal schedule is going to happen. But we're really talking about that thing I said that upset you in that sure, meeting right. two yeah, days yeah. ago. Yeah. And so w the work is not just in the execution or the ideation, but it's in the building of a really, you know, a great relationship. Yeah. And then you look at like production houses where people, I was hearing a, a story the other day about the production company, Sesame Street. And those people have worked together for like 30 years. Right, right. And, you know, they've been in each other's lives for a long time. Right. They know each other. Yeah. And I think in the church often you have the opportunity where like, we're talking about like, emotional health and you know right. there's like <laughs> yeah, we yeah. can we can also do that and yeah, yeah. should be doing that and right. that should be paramount right. in our relationship together because if uh the phrase that I keep coming back to is better humans better art right right and so if we can figure out how to be a better human uh internally you know with our yeah, own right. selves understanding our own stories and like you said even being aware like oh that dinged me that you said you didn't like my mix and that right. uh, actually upset me. Yeah. Understanding that that's happening right. internally, um, that part of, of being a human and then just what it looks like to be relationally mindful. Right. Um, and that if we can be like the best humans, we will make better art. Yeah. I think to me, th there's so much about making art that has so little to do with from a production standpoint, the gear you have uh, or the skill you have or how great the idea is. So much of it to me is about the relationship between the the person creating the idea and the person executing the idea. And to me, it's so much of it is about trust that if uh, that I trust you, that if you tell me we have to do this, that I believe you. Mm -hmm. And that if I say we can't do that, that you believe me. Totally. And so much of that is based on yeah, the relationship, but over time. Yep. And even like you were saying, not in the heat of the moment, but over lunch or, you know, just getting to know like how did we come up with this idea or yep. how is your family doing? Or yeah. you know, just it's yeah, because you know, when I'm I, in the middle of dealing with child who's having a tantrum is not like the time for me to like discuss <laughs> another way to do this or, right, yeah. you know, like yeah. certainly there's, I feel like there's a relational breakdown. Yeah. Like, can we talk about that. Totally. Yeah, yeah. And you know, there are, there are some like brain chemistry stuff and you're wanting to like, whatever that's aside right, the point, right. but, but yeah, there, it, I think trust is probably the number one factor um, in having a relationship that we're talking about that yeah, yeah, yeah that you're like you believe me when i'm like no to make this thing happen we cannot sacrifice this part of the idea right right um and then you putting constraints around things helps me and i believe you 
Yeah. You know, that like those are real. Yeah. And it's not just because you're, there's some other thing going on. Right. I think too, when I look back on my own kind of journey through uh, figuring out how to do, how to execute creative ideas in a healthy way, in my earlier years, you know, I got dinged so many times for saying no that I'd just be like, well, okay, yes, we'll do this. And it would kill me and, mm -hmm. you know, just like too much uh, would go into it. And again, coming from a place of like you knew what you were asking and you knew that I was going to have to work all night. Mm -hmm. And so I'm doing it. Mm -hmm. And yeah, it's just like so not the place uh, to be that I, I realized that I needed to share I was holding too much responsibility myself for whether the idea could or couldn't be done instead of sharing it with the person. Say, hey, let's talk about this idea. This is what, the way you presented it, it you know, it's going to take me this many hours and cost this much. And yep. So if that's what we need to do, great. Yep. Uh, here's some other ways we could do it or, you know, just to enter a conversation yep. about the idea, not just taking it at face value, but saying, hey, this is, this is what it's going to cost mm -hmm. and all those different things. Or is there some other way we could do this helps to build the trust and it's not saying no, but right. it's like, Hey, if you tell me we got to do it, well, let's do it. Totally. But if I'm just saying, thinking we have to, yep. uh, but we don't. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it, it, it really is a dance. And I think um, I've been trying to, you know, with every new project that I engage these days, it's almost always with a new team. Right. And so I'm having to like figure that stuff out in, in real time. <laughs> and the way I've been able to articulate it is like every project that I enter, I'm trying to decide in every single moment which th one of three things I'm going to do. Okay. And it's collaborate, concede, or command. Okay. And so collaborate, I'm, we're deciding like whether or not how the stance is going to go. Concede where I'm going, you know, someone was just, sending an email from the UK about a project that's going on in March and they were suggesting I move the location of a moment to a side stage. Okay. And so I wanted to understand why that's a problem. Uh -huh. um, and then ending the, the email with like, I'm willing to concede. Sure. If, if you can help me understand right. wh why this doesn't work so that then I'm under, I th uh, understanding the why behind it. That's right. just extremely helpful for sure. me. And then command where I just go, no, it's got to stay center stage because of this, this, and this. Right. And I'm always willing to do any one of those. Right, right. I'm just in every moment trying to decide which, <laughs> which one to the, do. Yeah, right one. And and but I think that those same words apply to um what the work that you do as yeah, well. Yeah. Like I mean, it's what you're saying. And so those three words at least have been helpful for me sure. to decide in every moment, am I to collaborate, am I to concede or am I to command? Right. Yeah, yeah. I think uh one of the things when I think about us working together, there was maybe an Easter service that we were entering into. It might've even been Christmas. I don't remember, but. They're all the same. Right? Yeah, right. <laughs> Some gigantic thing. Sure. And so we had, we had the ideas presented and then we had a budget number. Uh. And so, you know, the, the challenge in any, whether it's a church of any size or a creative agency or whatever, there are constraints There's, and money tends to be the big one mm -hmm. or time the lack of it. Yeah. Time and money. And so, uh, you know, the challenge is then how do we match the idea to the the time and money we have? And so uh, in this particular instance that I'm thinking of, uh, I we took 
your ideas and we, the production team, we said, okay, you figure out this, you figure out that, you figure out that, figure out how much time and how much money. And then we'll meet back together to say, okay, here's how much money and time we have. And here's like, let's add all this other stuff up and see where do we land. Mm -hmm. And now it's time to make decisions. Totally. And I would say that's one of the most, that for me was one of the most healthy, collaborative, you know, okay, we got to put a constraint on this. And it's not, I'm not doing it. It's mm-hmm. just the situation. This is the reality. Yeah, the reality. You're naming a reality. And then to be able to, and to together just figure out how are we, what are we going to not do? Yep. How are we going to change something? Yep. Uh, yeah. And I, I look forward to those meetings, to be quite honest, because then I'm like, I don't want this dream just to stay a dream. I want it to actually turn into a thing. Right. And I know that that can't happen without the reality of time, budget, constraints. And uh, something that I think about in in a meeting like that, well, so how do you decide? Mm-hmm. You know, how do you decide what to do when inevitably you can't do it all? Right. And so you're going to have to make decisions. And I think one of the things that's been most helpful to me is while while you're simultaneously defining reality, you also have to name your highest values. Right, right. And so, and the values need to be agreed upon. Right. On both sides. Uh-huh. And so then the conversation, because it can it can turn into t- a conversation about taste, uh, preferences, right, right. Um, you know, a lot of a lot of things that that won't get you to help to make a decision. Mm-hmm. And so, what are our highest values? So, like, there would be uh, days where we would. Uh, I, I can't remember what the exact service was, but like sure. we had decided that this is going to be a service where we are going to lean into our expertise in video and incredible music team. Yeah. So then when we had ideas that fell outside of that, when we were trying to decide, you know, you have the, your matrix of like what right, things right. cost and time and money, then we could put that against the matrix of the values. Right, right. And then it that sort of made our decisions for us right? because we had agreed on those prior to that meeting. Sure, yeah. And so walking into a meeting about what we're going to, you know, what we're going to actually decide, what we're going to execute, having those agreed upon values right. is like, what are we trying to do here? What yeah. is the thing? And then that will help insanely help the process. Right. One of the other things I really love about constraints is that it it opens up the opportunity for an idea to get better because you're forced to think, rethink. Mm-hmm. If I boil down this idea, what's what are we really trying to accomplish? Yep. And are there other ways to accomplish it than what we've conceived of? Yeah, I is think there a $50 version. Totally. Yeah. And and that $50 version can can sometimes be so much better. Yeah. I remember uh, Bjorn, who's the director of photography that I work with a lot, who also worked at Willow. I remember there was a, a, a moment where we were trying to get a red camera for a shoot. Sure. And we tried 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 and ultimately we couldn't do it. We couldn't afford it. Right. For whatever reason, we just couldn't do it. So we ended up with some other solution. And as we were shooting, we realized like we could have never done this with that <laughs> camera. Right. Like, for all the technical reasons and all the weight issues and sure, a bunch right, of other yeah. stuff, like uh-huh. we could not have done this. Okay. And so had we not been forced into coming up with a new solution because of that constraint, 
the product would have actually ended up suffering. Right, right. Um, because we had gotten the solution that we endeavored to to get in the first place. Sure, yeah. And so I think that there's a big misnomer that creativity is like that pie in the sky, blue sky, whatever right. you want to call it, idea, ideation. Um, but actually the creativity comes in trying to maneuver that idea into the constraint. Yeah. And then you often do end up with something that's uh, that's much better because it forces you to think actually creatively. Yeah. Coming I think, I, to me, I, there's a couple of examples that I think of where people did not have enough constraints put on them. I think about people who produce their own music. Mm. Yeah, it's just like you need an outside person to kind of help you refine this mm -hmm. and make it better. Yep. I'm a huge Lord of the Rings fan, the books, the movies. Yeah, I think uh, not enough constraints. Like let's die, let's tighten this up sure. and ma make it a better story. Yep. Uh, even um, my all-time favorite movie is Amadeus. Oh, yeah. Uh, 1984 Academy Award winner. I could watch it uh, all day long. I love it. But the director's cut, which is if you go now like to stream it or whatever, the director's cut's the only one that's available. Oh, really? And it's awful. Is it really? It's off it, to me. Yeah. And maybe I've watched the other one too many times, but just like it's not a good movie. Yeah. It's not as good as the other version, which is, yeah, let's tighten this up. Let's constrain ourselves. Let's keep it under two hours. Yep. Let's keep the best stuff. Let's get rid of the good stuff. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, such a healthy... It really is. Yep. I, I mean, I'm, uh, again, going back to, I think, how we started the conversation is like, it is a dance between freedom and constraints. And yeah. both of those are essential to the creative process. Yeah. And that is the creative process. Yeah. And I think too, maybe bringing it back to the very beginning of the conversation, I mean, you said it's a tension to manage. Like, I think, uh, so I'm a nine on the Enneagram. And I'm always wanting people to get along and, you know, be at peace with each other. Yeah. And that's just not really, that's not how life works. Yeah. And so the that whole tension is very difficult or has been difficult for me to live in uh, because I just want it resolved. Sure. But the reality is, is that, yeah, there is no, there's no perfect way to get from point A to point B with a, with an idea from, from a blank page to execution. It requires... Yeah, just a, an ebb and flow and a dance to today, this is the most important thing. And yep. tomorrow, this is the most important thing yep. that is changing all the time. Yep, yep. Yeah, it really is um, fluid. And and I think that, you know, going back to what you said, that having a, a, a relationship that's built around trust mm -hmm. and having a relationship, I mean, that's yeah. really <laughs> important. Yeah. Um, that, you know, we're not mutual cogs for getting each of our jobs done. Right, You know, right. that you're waiting for my ideas and I'm waiting for you to execute them. Right, right. Mm. That is not, yeah, we're not machines. Yeah. I wish more people could feel that way. I mean, just hearing you say it, I'm like, it's one of the, to me, one of the big challenges of this, The to me, it feels like a chasm between the executors and the idea people uh, that, it just part of it is how we're made up, how we're wired. Sure. We're naturally kind of just separated. Mm -hmm. We're not hanging out together necessarily. Totally. We're not uh, necessarily, we're not thinking the same way about things. Mm -hmm. And I probably say this too much, uh, but, uh, you know, I just, if, if I were the one sort of building the body of Christ 
you know, and figuring out how it's going to all work together. I don't know that I would put these two very different groups of people together to make something like yeah. you hate, you can't do it without both of like, yeah. What, how come everyone can't be more just all like me? Yeah, And totally. then this would be way easier. I know. But instead we're like not polar opposites, but we're like, there's like, we're reverse magnet. We're like, we're being yeah naturally pushed away from each other instead of, yeah, it's just, it's, we're fighting against uh, something. Yeah. And you can, again, look at that in, in, in a way that I think there's a negative connotation of that, yeah, but yeah. then like a really positive of like what happens when tension is, when tension is introduced, like, yeah. you know, oh, uh, a wildfire happens because you know, things need to be burned away mm-hmm. or, you know, to prevent that, it, you need a controlled burn. And so you look at something like that, well, that's so destructive. Like that's an enormous amount of tension. Right. Um, but the point of that is so that something new and beautiful can grow. Like, you know, a, a, a coal, piece of coal literally turns into a diamond because of pressure right, and right. tension. Yeah. And so that incredible jewel is not created without that. And so how do you, instead of looking that as a, as a, as a way, as, um, something to be again, fought or solved, but like uh, harnessed, harnessed. Yeah. Yeah. Like there's so much energy in that (laughs) to be able to like take that, those disparate personalities or those, um, those things that are opposites and jam them together yeah. and you get something just like, how did this, you know, thing, it could have, if you had all of the same people in the room, mm-hmm. the same types of people, you would have never gotten to that. Right, right. And and I think that that is something to continue to be reminded of. Like yeah. we don't actually get to the next great place without each other and we don't get there without the inevitable tension right that is part of the process sure and so rather than il- trying to eliminate that or feeling like that's a negative thing mm-hmm. how do you go how do you harness it yeah and how and and that goes back to have you done some of your own work internally yep, yep. so you're not triggered by you know like what you were talking about earlier on in those meetings when you were younger and just yeah. being angry at people yeah that that that's an, a really important process and i think that there's a way there are ways to to harness that and to embrace it yeah rather than refuse it yeah when i th- when you were talking about just like this uh harnessing this tension it made me think this is probably the wrong kind of illustration but almost like uh if you had a bow and arrow if you had the bow like okay we're introducing some mm-hmm. i don't know if that's tension or not absolutely but it's either gonna hit me in the head you know face and hurt like crazy or yep. i'm gonna launch an arrow you know, further than I could throw one myself. Totally. You know? Yep. Or a rocket. You know, it's like we're, you know, we're either launching this into space or it's a giant explosion. I mean, yeah. there, there I mean, are two sides of it. There's, it's, it's violent. Yeah. You know, Anne Bogart, who's a theater director back in the day, she talks about the violent act of articulation. Hmm. Like it's, it is violent. I mean, you look at our world. I don't want to get too like sciency, but yeah. like, it, I'm into it. There's, <laughs> you know, the creation of the world was not a beautiful like simple serene no it was created out of violence yeah like things exploding and coming to be and um and so the creative process is violent yeah and it's tension filled right and there are ways to look at that 
and embrace it and harness it and mm. use it for good. Yeah, yeah. Rather than feel like um, that is something to be avoided. Right, right. Or fought against. Yeah. 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 And, you know, I think the energy it takes to make a thing is so intense. Yeah. And it's such hard work. Right. And I, I think about it a lot in terms of energy management. If my energy is going to try and solve those other things that you're talking about, like quell the tension or whatever in, in unhealthy ways, yeah. I am um, diffusing the energy that I should be putting in service of the creative of the idea. idea. Right. Right, yeah. right. And so it's like, what do you want to use your energy for? Do you yeah. want to use it to, you know, actually make the thing amazing and better or do you want to do it to use make it, for- it safe yeah 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 yep. i think oftentimes about uh jurassic park the movie mm-hmm, i love it uh so uh it blew my mind i went like pre-opening night or something like that was, i couldn't i didn't have words to describe it there i remember there were reporters as we were coming out like asking people what did you, you think yeah and uh, nobody asked me, but later on I was sort of reflecting on it. I'm like, what would I have said? Sure. And I w- all I could think of was like all the cliche things you see in the newspaper, you know, two thumbs up, yeah, best yeah, movie right. this summer. Yeah, like, yeah, totally. Anyway, uh, that's not really the point of my story. The point is the first movie was mind-blowing, just like something I'd never seen before. And I think as a tech person, uh, I totally relate to Jurassic Park 2, which is, hey, we know how to do this thing. Let's mm. just do it again. Mm. I mean, who remembers Jurassic Park 2? Yeah, I don't. Uh, I'm sure I saw it. But sure. It's like, yeah, it's just, it's more of the same. Yep. And I think it's that it's so easy to be comfortable with, hey, we know how to do this thing. Let's just do it again versus let's enter into the tension of how do we make it better? What's the new, yeah, uh, yeah creating something new. Yep. Yeah. Um, and it does make me think uh, in that movie, the line that I love the best <laughs> is uh, it's, Jeff Goldblum and he's like talking about, um, you know, they're discovering that they're having babies out there and like, how is that happening? Because, and he goes, life finds a way. Yeah. (laughs) And that's the truth. Like that is what we're, you know, like aiming for. And I think, you know, even putting a a point on it from a spiritual perspective, like that's what we're trying to do. And Mm. you look at the Christian faith, it, it is a cycle of, life and death and resurrection. It's life and death and resurrection. It's life and death and new birth and new Mm -hmm. growth. You don't get to Sunday without Good Friday. That is violent and tension-filled and all that. I mean, the example of creation and the creative process is so embedded in the thing that we believe. And so just embracing that cycle of like that there does need to be some tension and then sometimes there needs to be death of go like, well, we did that. Yeah. And let's grieve that. Yeah. And um and churches will go through that. They and yeah. go through seasons of, you know, I think when we initially started talking, I was talking about my first years at Willow, which when you were there, you know, was a, a time filled with a different art form completely. Yeah, yeah. It hasn't been done for almost a decade. Yeah, right. You know? Wow. And um or probably probably hasn't been done for ten years. Yeah. And so, you know, I still get people like saying, oh, we missed the dramas, <laughs> yeah, you know? Yeah. Like I'll be at the grocery store. Right. Like, when are you bringing those dramas <laughs> yeah, back? I'm like, I didn't even, even work there anymore. Yeah. <laughs> um, but there, you know, so how do you grieve that? Yeah, and right. Like that doesn't, that doesn't work anymore. It's sure. not, it doesn't, 
it's just not who we are. And so let it die. Yeah. And create the space for something new to grow. Yeah, right. And that is that's inherent. You know, that's you can talk about it in those long term terms or in just the the macro of how do we make an idea? Well, right. let's introduce tension and life will find a way. Yeah. Yeah. And Jeff Goldblum's right. <laughs> On so many levels. So yeah, many That's like levels. maybe another podcast episode. Oh, gosh. All of his, if we could, all the truth that he has spoken over the years to us, the gospel According of Jeff. to Jeff, yeah. That's funny. Well, hey, thanks for making time. My pleasure. This, yeah, this was, was so fun. fun. Yeah, just to catch up even and yeah, talking about creativity. Yeah, it's so good. Thanks for having me. Yeah, thanks. Man, I love talking with Blaine. <laughs> There's really too many amazing moments from this conversation to talk about. I just love, uh, I mean, here are a few of the things he said that I really love. The creativity required to figure something out usually takes more creativity than coming up with the original idea in the first place. Yeah, that's, I mean, I don't know, you know, coming up with original ideas is hard, but yeah, figuring them out and collaborating, tough. I also love the idea of mutual empathy, just that we understand each other enough to kind of put yourself in the shoes of the other person. I thought that was really great. Ideas are very personal, was also something he said. And as a tech person, I used to just think uh, ideas, you know, it's like you're an idea factory, so just come up with another one that there was no personal thing attached to it. But then when I think about the thing I do is so personal, yeah, that makes total sense. I also love this. This is, I think, a direct quote. The work is not just in the execution or the ideation, but in the building of the relationship. Yeah, so good. Let's see, collaborate, concede, command was also something I thought was really great. Also, freedom and constraints are both essential to the creative process. No joke, you should really, if you listen to this and got something out of it, I really would encourage you to pull your counterpart into to listen to this. Uh, maybe listen together, not listen together, but talk about it afterwards. I think it's a great conversation starter. And a really good framework for making ideas happen. I mean, building a trusting relationship with your idea person is the key to surviving the life of doing production in the local church. More than gear, more than budget, it's about relationship and figuring out how to take an idea and make it something awesome. Yeah, just it's all about the relationship. So I would really encourage you, um, invite your counterpart to listen, uh, listen to this one. Uh, if you like this podcast, subscribe. iTunes, Spotify, SoundCloud, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, basically all the places. Uh, we'd love to have you join the Philo community on a regular basis. Also, don't forget, you can find us on social media, at Philo Community on Facebook and Instagram, and at Philo Conference on Twitter. And don't forget, we got the huge announcement. It's coming up this week, so look for it on all those places. Stay tuned. Uh, if you got feedback, we'd love the feedback and ideas for future podcasts shoot us an email at philopodcast at, wait for it, philo.org. We're changing it up. philopodcast at philo.org. We're moving up in the world, <laughs> apparently. Anyway, uh, it's been great being with you. We'll see you later. Later.